Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Chris McDaniel, and welcome to Renewing the Center. We're going to be looking today at Genesis 17. Uh, I initially wanted to cover 17 and 18 in this episode, but we've decided to slow it down a little bit. Uh, there is so much here. Uh, the book of Genesis uh, is just beautiful uh, in terms of looking at the twisty, turny path of God's promise being faithful and humans being the twisty, turny part of the story. And today we're going to look at uh, Genesis 17 and uh, next week we'll be holding the 18th chapter, which is uh, one of my favorite uh, encounters in the entire Old Testament. It's when the three strangers come, but you can't get to uh, the three strangers visiting Abraham and Sarah until you uh, sit with them here in Genesis 17. So if you've been with us over the last number of weeks here on the podcast, we've been actually exploring uh, the faithful through line of God's promise and the erratic back and forth erratic line of human response. And if you're anything like me, um, I feel a great sense of resonance with um, God being faithful and me being all over the place. And that is for sure true for Abraham and Sarah. I think it's also true for you. I know it's true for me. So we're just going to continue to look at God's promise uh, of renewal and God's promise of fruit bearing, even as we struggle to keep up. So I'm going to read, we'll pray, then we'll just jump right in. Verse 1 in Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. And then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to, be your and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be your name. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom to hear from this 17th chapter, this changing of the names, uh, which is such a significant moment in Abraham and Sarah's story. Pray that you would help us to see how you, Lord, are wanting to speak truth to each and every one of us, working renewal in the middle of our hearts, Lord. We pray that you would truly bring that renewal to each and every one of us right where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is a very important moment. Um, and if you're aware of the story, Abraham has made a mess of things. I mean, he has lied about his wife being his, uh, called her his sister. She then became uh, a part of the harem of, of uh, Pharaoh in Egypt. Um, they had a baby with a slave uh, and made an Ishmael, which is this painful competitor, this painful reminder of what happens when we take matters into our own hands. And here God again says, you're, you're going to have ancestors. I mean, God's making it very clear that this is not a metaphor. This is not... Um, something that they can do on their own, but that their own body, that Abraham and Sarah together are going to have children and that those children are going to become a multitude. So God becomes more and more clear 
maybe as he sees Abraham and Sarah struggle to make meaning or make sense of things. Um, this is uh, a very particular encounter. And the ripple effects of this encounter of God reaffirming covenant uh, still continue to this day. So I, I want to say that there are a few things. I'm actually going to name and reflect on four ideas in these next few moments. Uh, number one, it is never too late to begin again. Uh, it's one of the lessons that we take from Abraham and Sarah uh, over and over and over. You think, is it too late now? How about now? How about now? Maybe you're at a place in life where you're thinking, it's too late. Wait, is it too late now? What about now? Every time we make a false step, we wonder, like, is it over? Are we disqualified? And one of the things I love about this story is that it's never too late to begin again. By the time we catch up with Abram in this passage, he's almost 100 years old. His best days are clearly behind him. He's tired. He's old. He's wrestled with fear. He's made a lot of mistakes. His wife is unable to bear a child. Things are complicated, to say the least. And it just makes me think, you know, I, I turned uh, 48 yesterday. I'm recording this on the 28th of September. I um, was was 48 on the 27th of September. And, you know, when you're young, it just seems like everything's out in front of you. Um, you make a mistake, you think, oh, well, I'm really young. The older we get, the less life is out in front of us and the more life seems to be out behind us. And that's exactly where these guys were. They, they'd hit dead end after dead end after dead end. And they're thinking like, I guess it maybe is too late. And one of the things we learned from this story is that it's never too late. Um, I don't know if it's the official or unofficial motto of the state of South Carolina is while I breathe, I have hope. Um, similarly, I remember, I think someone asked, this could be apocryphal, but I, I, I'm not sure it is. Someone asked Martin Luther, you know, what he would do if he knew the world were going to end tomorrow. And he said, I would plant a tree today. Um, you deciding to believe God for renewal, even if you find yourself in latter stages of your life, is in and of itself an act of faith. Uh, believing for renewal even on your deathbed, is actually uh, uh, you putting a flag in the ground to say, I'm an Easter person. I'm a person of the resurrection. And I think what Abram is doing here, just by simply moving toward belief in God, despite all the difficulties, disappointments, despite his advanced age, despite the fact that inevitably and undoubtedly there was more life behind him than there was out in front of him, that belief, that choosing to believe is in and of itself a sign of you being an Easter person. And so I just want to say to you, it is never too late to say yes to God and hope for redemption, hope, renewal. It's just not. Uh, even if you're on your deathbed, it's not too late to believe because we're Easter people. If you're, you're a believer, you're an Easter person. You're a person of the resurrection. So one of the things we see here that I think you and me, we would do well to meditate upon is it's never too late to say yes. The second thing that we see in this passage is that renewal involves learning how to walk with God. What does God say in this passage to Abram? He says three things. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I am God Almighty. Walk before me. Be blameless. Our life with God is a walk. Uh, he doesn't say run. He doesn't say repel. He doesn't say climb. He just says walk. I think it was a Japanese theologian that said God walks three miles an hour. Uh, so God's speed is not super fast. It's three miles an hour. It's slow. It's steady. Uh, no shortcuts. A, a, friend, a friend of mine and I are going to 
uh, we were talking about this last night at dinner. Um, we, we were talking about one day just getting up at six and just starting to walk and then just walk, like see how far we could go in a day. Um, he had heard somebody say, you know, try to walk a hundred thousand steps in a day, uh, which would be like 12 hours of walking. <laughs> and so I don't know, maybe we'll try that or not. But the point of it is learning to walk is not running. It's not sprinting. It's just setting off and moving. Uh, your life, your whole life is a walk. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I actually love the fact that in the Old Testament here, we see God say, walk before me. Um, we, we see the metaphor of a walk, a pilgrimage uh, throughout our Bible. Walk, just walk. There are no shortcuts to walking. Walking implies a direction, not an aimless wandering. The Lord commands Abram to be blameless in his walking. But I just want to say being blameless does not imply that you're going to be sinless, that you're not going to mess up. It means be faithful in every aspect of the relationship. Be guileless. Walk before me without agenda. Try to say yes to the walk versus yes to insisting on things turning out a certain way. That's what God's asking Abram to do. Just walk, move, uh, get unstuck, take it slow, keep moving, go with me. But how do we do this? I, I think we as humans are always looking for shortcuts. We always want to kind of get there faster or make it happen quick, more quickly. Um, just a, a week ago, we, we were looking at this and we were told that God made a covenant with Abram. A covenant means on God's end, it means God's self-obligation toward us, that he binds himself to us. He says yes to us. He says, I'm, I'm in this with you. And he made a covenant with Abram, and Abram was uh, tasked to bear fruit. He said, you're going to bear fruit. And there's this idea of like beginning to believe God in the places where it just doesn't seem like that's going to be possible. Beginning to just say yes to him, even if we're not sure where our story's headed, is really all that God was asking of Abram. He couldn't make it happen on his own, but he could say yes. He could start walking. And I find it very interesting that before they have kids, the, the next thing I want to point out, the last thing we're going to hold here is that God changes their names. He, they go from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. And here's an interesting thing for you to consider. He changes their name before they start having kids. They hadn't had kids the right way, at least. And God changes their name. He, he changes their name in anticipation of the fruitfulness that will come. And we're going to see um, God move even closer to them, uh, move closer to the two of them. So far, the conversations have been with Abram, now Abraham. Uh, in Genesis 18, the conversation now is with Abram and Sarai, with Abraham and Sarah. So is God looking to change your name? And I don't mean like your birth certificate name. Is God looking to change your name? Is he looking to shift something even late in the game in you? Is he looking to cause a new part of your identity, an identity of trust? An identity of, I'm going to move with you, God, even if I don't know where this story is going. Is that something God is wanting to do? I will tell you over the last three years, that's been 100% my story. I'm going to move with you, God, despite all the disappointments, despite the mistakes, despite the failures, despite the fact that I'm afraid, despite the fact that I'm freaking out half the time, I'm going to move. I'm going to go and see where this thing heads. I believe the Lord is wanting to do that very same work of renewal in each and every one of us. Father, I pray for my friends. I pray, God, that you would 
meet us right here, that we would know in our knower that it's never too late for renewal. We would know that the walk with you takes a long time and that in the process you are changing us. You are changing um, the way that you understand our calling. And I also think, Lord, you're changing the way we ought to understand ourselves. You're giving us a, a, an emerging, a new, a renewed identity. And so I pray that you do that for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.